Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Sisterhood of the Rings, the Tolkien podcast where we discuss all the lore almost no one cares about. I'm your host, Maddie Wolzenius. And I'm your host, Molly Tenley-Straight. This week, we will be discussing J.R.R. Tolkien's The Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring, Book One. Nope, Book Two, Chapter One, Many Meetings. Bitch, I got it. I got it. No. I got it. No, this is my thing, though. I did it. How did you did you look this up? I did. I, I was looking look it up. For, I was looking for the quote that I was going to use to begin oh, my topic. God damn it! Oh, you stole my thunder! Oh, I'm sorry. There's a new master in town. I was just talking about last episode how impressed I was that you do that every episode, and you fucked it up this time. And look who was here to save the day, little old me. Don't worry, folks. I've got it. This thing isn't going off the rails. Maddie's Are you going here. to be revving this in the rest of the episode? Of course she Actually, is. for the rest of the entire podcast. I think I should just do it from now on. I really don't like you very much. I know you don't. So uh, what's the haps this week? Wait, really quick question. What? Oh. What chapter is this? 13? Book 2. Chapter 1. Many meetings. Oh, it literally starts over. Chapter 1. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I bro. was not prepared. Yeah, bro. All right. All right. You okay. killed it. Now, will you please let me ask you, what's the haps? What's What's new with me this week? Yeah. What's new with you this well, week? Well, I actually have a super exciting announcement to make. Oh, okay. What is it? Me and Jesse have started a new podcast. Oh, yeah. I am officially a dual podcaster. Yeah, she's Woo-hoo. the more professional one here. Except for I'm not allowed to cuss in the other one. So now I have to use this podcast to just curse nonstop to get it out. Good. I thought that's what we were doing anyways. Yeah. I love it. It's really funny. The first episode. Oh, by the way, the podcast follows me and Jesse. We're cleaning out our kitchen and trying to get rid of processed foods and so it's like a healthy lifestyle podcast it's called the clean food conversion and it's super fun except for the fact that i can't talk about anything inappropriate so it's a lot of editing why can't you talk about anything inappropriate well we decided we wanted kid friendly because we want families to be able to listen to it together oh well that's admirable yeah i try and make anything that i do like the opposite of kid friendly you also don't have like a million children, so. Yeah, sometimes I feel like I do, though, when I'm living here with you. <laughs> like, really? <laughs> yeah, so that's what's new with me, and we're super excited. Aren't we, Jesse? We are very excited. If you want to listen to a podcast where you actually hear Jesse say more than three sentences in the entire podcast, check it out. Everybody wants to hear Jesse. What's Jesse got to say? Not a whole lot right now. No. <laughs> but plenty on the um, shit, I almost the clean it the, food conversion. The clean food. I almost called it its other name. We had a different name. It, it used. <laughs> it, I think we could talk about it on here. We can. It used to be called the Straight and Healthy Podcast because <laughs> our last name is Straight. So that was going to be really cute because it was like the Straight and Narrow, right? Like you're following the right journey but it was the straight and healthy but nobody understood it and thought it was like either a, a religious yeah it sounded podcast. like a christian like a hetero anti-gay anti-gay podcast which is like so, so not spot on for us no it's yeah. kind of the opposite we're all, we're all a little bit gay here <laughs> maddie what <laughs> jesse's like 
feeling really attacked in his own heterosexuality <laughs> right now and he he feels uncomfortable jesse has not had sex with a man yet <laughs> yet <laughs> just wait jesse i mean maybe You'll for legolas but <laughs> aragorn too. i know i'm surprised so you didn't people. go aragorn i mean, yeah. feel like aragorn Bree would wouldn't be ashamed be into it. oh legolas with that long silky hair Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Maddie, what's new with you this week? Uh, well, this week was my first week, like officially alone as general manager of my restaurant, and I got to do something kind of fun. I got to get paid to go to the flower store and plant a bunch of flowers on my patio, and um, and then she took a really cute selfie. By I took it. a really cute selfie, and I'm kind of like Facebook famous now. She has almost 200 Actually, likes. I have over 200 no likes way. now. So. It happened. I know. So if anybody's like wondering what to do with fame and like how to actually process that in your life, like feel free to shoot any questions at me because like I'm just living this whole new truth right now. And like it's so difficult being (laughs) so appreciated and so loved by so many people. But like it's doable. You know, you just have to remain humble, you know. You really have it all together, don't you? I really do. And we're going to start gardening tomorrow. Maddie's going to help me plant vegetables in my garden to go along with our clean eating thing. Yeah, Molly was really surprised that I knew things about flowers. She was like, you don't go outside. And I was like, I used to. (laughs) (laughs) No, she's just pale and pasty. I am pale and pasty right now, but not for long. It's hot girl summer. (laughs) Thanks, Lizzo. All right, Are Maddie, we, should we move on to like Lord of the Rings stuff? Oh, yeah. How about you do the book overview first? Because I don't actually, or, or, I, I have not prepared the movie overview. So I'm just going to listen to you do the book overview and hopefully I'll like just kind of figure it out. You know, I'm really glad you put a lot of effort into this podcast. I'm just going to let go and let God. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> Straight and healthy. So I am going to do the book overview this week. Oh, I can't wait. So the chapter begins and Frodo wakes up from this dreamy, dreamy sleep. This is like such a nice chapter after we've had so many terrible things happening. This chapter is like when you wake up after a really, really bad night of partying and you find out that your work's been canceled and you just get to sleep in all day. That has never happened And then happened somebody to me. brings you breakfast in bed and you just get to sleep the day away and relax. Molly, has this happened to you? It's my life every day. I'm a stay-at-home mom. <laughs> yeah, well, that doesn't really mean work is canceled, though, does it? You're like, kids, fend for yourselves. Mom's work has been canceled today, so uh, they, like, come in with a bleeding arm, and I'm like, uh-huh, uh, I'm sorry, I'm off today. duty right now. <laughs> I'm sorry, continue, please. So Frodo wakes up, and Gandalf is there, and he's so happy to see him, and he's like, Gandalf, and they hug, and they're so happy. I don't know if they hug. I just made that up. <laughs> they probably do. Everybody's always hugging. They probably do. And Gandalf goes on this long, long adventure story about how he escaped and how he was captured. And then he talks about uh, the ring race and all about how they are the nine kings that serve the great lord. It's like, yeah, Gandalf, we could have figured that out already. Like, come on now. And then he talks about Aragorn and he tells him that he's the, the king and that he's this amazing guy. And Frodo's like, Strider? Oh, I didn't know that sexy man had that much going on. Now I want him even more. And then 
And then they are like, let's have a great feast. And they're like, that sounds great. So Sam comes up and he's like, I'm going to show you around the house because you've been asleep for like a million years, maybe like two weeks. I'm not sure. And I'm going to show you around. So Sam shows them all around the house and they explore all through Rivendell and it's really beautiful. And then they go to this great feast. And while they're at the feast, Aragorn's there and he spots the sexy lady across the room and it's Arwen. Oh, and that shit. is our first introduction to Arwen in the book because she does not come rescue Frodo like in the movie. No. So he like spots her across the room and there's nothing else said pretty much. So then they go after the feast to this great party room and they have this like blazing fire, this amazing party with music and Bilbo's there. Yay! Yay! Bilbo! Bilbo returns. And Bilbo's like, hey, what's up? And they chit-chat, and then they go to bed. And that's it? Yeah. Okay, so I'm doing the movie overview, which is unscripted, unprepared. Um, but I think I'm going to do a really, really fucking good job at it right now. Because this is actually one of my favorite sections of the movie. Because it begins with... Perhaps one of the finest examples of film editing that has ever been known to cinema as a whole, I think. It's just like white fog and then Elrond's face just zooming in like extreme close up. And he's like, like speaking Elvish and like Frodo's like drifting in. And then there's like, you see little parts of Rivendell and Frodo's all delirious and then finally Frodo wakes up and like Gandalf's there and he's like he's like where am I and Gandalf is like it is October the and you are in the house of Elrond and Rivendell (laughs) (laughs) hey I'm really sorry but I have to interrupt you because I forgot a really important thing okay go for it okay so Gandalf during his little recap of what Frodo missed he also tells him that he was actually the one who made the horses trample them oh, yeah. in the water, and it was his magic that did that, and not stupid Arwen's. Right, right. Yeah, stupid. Don't call I'm Arwen sorry, stupid I'm sorry. to me, bitch. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Don't don't insult Arwen Undomiel, please, ever again. Thank you. Anyways, back to my recap. Let's see where was I? Okay, so like Gandalf's giving him the rundown. Elrond comes to visit him. Sam busts in and like hugs Frodo. He's like, I'm so happy you're awake. And Gandalf's like, Sam has scarcely left your side since you came here. And Frodo runs into Bilbo. They reunite. It's really cute. And then Frodo is talking to Sam at some point. They're kind of on this, like, balcony-type deal. And Sam's like, you know, I'm really happy that I got to see the elves. But, like, that was the dog shaking his ears. And I'm not going to repeat myself just because of that. Frodo's like, you know what? I'm ready for my adventure to end, basically. He's like, I'm glad that it's over here. And, like, I'm ready to go back home. And, I mean, that's pretty much and they're it. they're like, let's go home, Sam. Yeah, that's it. Why don't you do the fucking book and movie <laughs> overview next time, bitch? <laughs> Maybe I will. <laughs> I did not prepare my movie overview, as I've said before. But now I see the error in my ways. Okay, so for next week, when you do an overview, you're actually going to prepare? You have to warn me, though, because I will inevitably... I'm going to forget about it again. I'm going to forget... What was the word you were going to say? I'll be quite honest. Inevitably. I know, but that's not what you said. What did I say? You stumbled across it. Yeah. (laughs) That's what Elrond sounds like when when his face is looming out of the white mist. (laughs) So are you going first with your topic this week? 
I would like to. You've gone first like the last five times. Well, it just makes sense with the things we've researched. It's not it's supposed personal. to be a surprise. Well, it's not a surprise because you already really know what I'm doing. I and I had to make sure we didn't and you overlap. you know what I'm doing. I know because we had to make sure we didn't overlap our material. True. Okay. So I am researching Elrond. You are currently researching him or you did your research already and you're presenting it now? No, I've done no research. That sounds just like me, doesn't it? Flying by the seat of your pants. I love it. Oh my gosh. I made a big error. I just realized now. What? Who made the flood? Asked Frodo. Elrond commanded it, answered Fro- answered Gandalf. <gasps> the river of this valley is under his power and it will rise in anger when he has great need to bar the ford. You know what? As soon as the captain of the ring race rode into the water, the flood was released. If I may say so, I added a few touches of my own. You may not have noticed, but some of the waves took the form of great white horses with shining white riders. And there were many rolling and grinding boulders. So you interrupted my movie overview to give me fake news? It happened. I'm really sorry about it. So actually, it was Elrond and Gandalf together. Just to clarify, there is no fake news, only news and lies. Yeah, (laughs) Jesse, take a stand. The hall of Elrond's house was filled with folk, elves for the most part, though there were a few guests of other sorts. Elrond, as was his custom, sat in a great chair at the end of the long table upon the dais, and next to him on the one side sat Glorfindel, on the other side sat Gandalf. And that's the first time that we see Elrond. What's up, baby? But he is a big fucking deal. Yeah. I he, mean, I know we he, know that because he's in the movie all the time. And anybody who's not a big fucking deal, they cut out. True. But he has a pretty interesting story. And I am so excited to share it with you. I can't wait to hear it. All right. So Elrond is a twin, which we know because I introduced us to Elros yeah. when I was researching the Numenorians. Right. Elros becomes the king of Numenor. So Elrond was born along with his twin Elros in First Age 532 to Arendil the Mariner and Elwing. Let's talk about Elwing a little bit. Okay. She's a half-elf as well as Arendil is. And in First Age 506, she and the other Sindar elves from Doriath escaped their land after a horrible attack from Morgoth. So Morgoth was attacking trying to find one of the Silmarils. Okay. which Elwing had with her. Oh. She escaped to the havens of Sirion, which is the land at the mouth of the main river of Beleriand. You are getting really fucking good at saying Beleriand. Thank you. I've worked really hard on it. Can you tell? Yes. Now, was this the Silmaril, Silmaril that was stolen in Beren and Luthien, or is this a different one? Jesse, stop asking hard questions. Yeah, Jesse, not helpful. No, zero percent helpful. I just thought kind of underqualified and overconfident. Do you not understand? I thought you just gave me a very confident wrong answer. To be fair, I think Elwing is a descendant of Luthien, so it's very possible it's the same one. But I don't know. Okay, get out of here, Jesse. You're fired. So we're talking about Beleriand, which is the land that eventually got sunk beneath the sea after the war. The War of Wrath with Morgoth. Okay. After the fall of Gondolin, which was another elf kingdom that Maddie talked about last episode, Mm -hmm. many elves also escaped to the Havens as well. This is where Elwing and Arendil married, and they had their twin boys in first age 532. 
sort of living in the havens. It's like this mouth of the river right at the ocean. It's really lovely. Everybody's happy. Everything's great. Well, for six years. Then Arendil was traveling to Valinor because he was trying to ask the Valar for help because shit with Morgoth was like going down. And they were like, we are going to need the Valar's help. Mm-hmm. So Arendil, dad, is off on his own little adventure and Elros and Elrond are only six years old and the Havens get attacked by the sons of Feanor. So you Jeez, you like talked about the sons of Feanor. father's gone. All right. So Feanor is the one who created the Silmarils. And the Palantir. And the Palantir. Mm-hmm. But that's not what this is about. The sons of Feanor had made an oath that they were going to try to get all the Silmarils back. And they knew that Elwing had one. So they went to the Havens to try to attack, to try to get these Silmarils back. But the Vala Olmo, who always loved the children of Iluvatar, who are the elves, Mm -hmm. came and rescued Elwing. And he took her like away across the ocean because he's the Valar of the water, like the king of the water. He took Elwing across the ocean and reunited her with Arendil. That's cute. She gave the Silmaril to Arendil and then he was able to gain like passage into Valinor because he had the Silmaril. That's when he then asked the Valar for help and they were like, sure, we can help you, but you have to go in a ship in the sky. Do you remember all this from last episode? Yes, I do. So that's the whole story with Arendil. We already learned about that. So that's how Elwing plays a part. But basically my point is, is that she wasn't a shitty mom. She didn't just like take off and leave her sons who were six years old to like fend for themselves. Literally the Vala. He was like, I'm going to go off and buy a pack of cigarettes. Bye kids. That sounds about right. (laughs) Um, So no, the Vala like took her. She had no choice. Right. And so, but basically they did get left there. And they got captured by the sons of Feanor. Oh, good. Yeah. But luckily, there was one of the sons named Maglor. Maglor. Yeah. Maglor. And he's the second son. He captured them. But he was known for his gentle spirit and also for his bomb-ass singing voice and his amazing poetry. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. It's like Bonnie Iver. Yeah. And so basically Bonnie Iver captured the kids and was like, oh, you guys are cute. Do you want to sing some songs with me? And they were like, that sounds great. He's like, I actually really was looking for some children's voices on this like album I'm working on. Do you want to go to my cabin in the woods? This is sounding a little sketch. It does yeah, sound kind really of sketchy. <laughs> also, instead of going for cigarettes, didn't he go for like a satchel of pipe weed or something? Yeah, probably. It's right. not as funny though, hey, Jesse. Hey, hey, now, back to my topic. Don't get off track here. <sighs> All right, so he grew to love them because that's what men who are good with poetry do. There's this big gap of information. At some point, there was something that I read where somebody was like, no, he just found them in a cave of water. And someone's like, no, he abandoned them in a cave with a waterfall. Basically, they got their names because Elrond means elf of the cave. They were either left in a cave after they were captured or Maglor found them in a cave. It's not very clear. Okay. But that's how they got their names. Oh, and what does Elros mean? Uh, I don't know. I didn't research Elros. Incomplete information. (laughs) You're fired. All right. So there's no information of them growing up pretty much at all. But then eventually when the twins come of age, they help fight in the War of Wrath against Morgoth and they're victorious. Balerion sinks. Everything's over. I thought it was Numenor that sunk. Is it not? Is Balerion? 
Sinking both of sunk. They both sunk. Sinking of continents is a common theme, apparently. <laughs> wow. They both sink. And by the way, Numenor sunk like way later, like thousands of years later. Okay. Right. This is when Valerian sunk, and it went beneath the ocean. Okay. 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 So, this is a little side note. So, as a reward to Arendil for all his good deeds and help, the Valar said any of their descendants could choose between elf life or human life. Okay. So, that meant that Elrond or Elros and then all of their children are going to have that same choice. Okay. Elros chose to be a human and he became king of Numenor. Elrond chose to be an elf. Obviously, because we know Elrond. So is that not, that's not an option that's given to all elves. I not guess all not. all elves no. are able to say, like, I'd like to be mortal. No, this was a specific reward to Arendil's descendants. Interesting. Okay. So does that mean that Elros' children would have that option too? Jesse, once again, I didn't research Elros. This is Elrond. <laughs> Quit dodging the questions, Molly. Elrond went to live with King Gilgalad, which was the last king of the Noldor, and this was in Linden. He became a skilled healer and a lore master. Okay, so first age ends pretty well for him, except for that his parents are dead and his brothers went off to live in Numenor. Yeah, that's not like super fun. Second age. While staying in Linden, Sauron, surprised, came into this little village wearing this like beautiful ball gown and he was like hey y'all what up i'm a nice guy well he isn't actually we know that but elrond and gilglad were not tricked they were like Mm-mm, this bitch get out of here <laughs> and so he left sarans like damn it they didn't fall for my tricks but the other elves did and i think you researched him what the first episode second episode this is when he's Anatar, the, the Lord of Gifts, right? Right. Where he comes and helps the elfsmiths of Eregion. That's exactly right. So the elves of Eregion fell for his tricks and they taught him the forging of the rings of power. And that is when Sauron made the one ring in Second Age 1600. The master smith Celebrimbor, which I just love that name so much. I do too. Celebrimbor hid the three elf rings and gave one of them, Vilya, to King Gil... Just don't even don't even say it. Like Gil Glad. Gil Glad. No, no, you got it, you got it, you got it. Just don't try again. That, that's right. good. You like when I mess things up, don't I you? I do. Okay. <laughs> it makes me sound a lot smarter. <laughs> All right. So Sauron turned around and attacked Aregion in Second Age 1695, killing Celebrimbor and most people there. And Elrond led a force against him. Most of the people died, but Elrond escaped, and with those surviving. He led them back to Rivendell. In Second Age 1701, Rivendell became a stronghold, and Elrond was named vice-regent to Gilgalad of all of Eriador. That's a pretty big title, That is I a pretty like. big title. I'm not going any further into it. Into Rivendell? No, Okay, because you've already covered, like, half of the information that's even <gasps> in my pages. One and a half pages. I think it's fine. Now. It's fine. I'll just do it again. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you'll be able to answer my questions. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> All right. In Second Age 3431, Elrond was selected as commander and herald on the battlefield when Gilgalad's elves and Elendil's men united to fight Sauron in Mordor. Gilgalad and Elendil were slain on the slopes of Mount Doom, which is, of course, the very, very beginning of Fellowship of the Ring that we see in the movies. 
and Sildor cuts the ring from Sauron's hand. Elrond advises him, throw the ring into the fires of Mount Doom. But he doesn't do it because he's an asshole. Right. Third age. Elrond returns to Rivendell and becomes the Lord of Rivendell. And in third age, 109, he marries Calabrian. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. That's good. (laughs) She sounds cool. Can I see that? Calabrian. That's pretty close. I'm pretty sure. Calabrian, who is the daughter of Galadriel. (laughs) They have twin boys. El... It looks like Aladdin, but it's with an E. I, it does look like <laughs> Aladdin, doesn't it? It does. Sure does. Aladdin and Elroyer. You can't call him Aladdin. <laughs> you can't call Aladdin? him that. Aladdin. Aladdin. Elroyer. Yeah. Elroyer. <laughs> Once again, fired, we are not experts here. <laughs> did anybody come here looking for experts? Because if they did, they clearly did not research what they were about to listen to. In third age, 241, Arwen's born. So okay. the boys are born in third age, 130. And Arwen's not born till 100 years later. 111 years later. You know, they're immortal beings. They can do whatever I they know. want. Calabrian. Calabrian. Yeah, you got it. Sure. Was attacked by orcs when she was crossing the Misty Mountains in second age, 2510. And she was tortured and tormented for like a really long Wait, time. second age? I'm sorry, third age. Okay, I was going to say, I didn't know Arwen was that old. No, 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 third age. I'm really sorry. So the mom was attacked by orcs in third does age. Does she get murdered? 2,510. No, she does not get murdered. Oh. She gets tortured and, like, tormented for a long time with orcs. And then her sons come and rescue her. But she's so distraught. She's able to be healed by Elrond because he's a really good healer, master healer. Okay. But she's so messed up in the mind from being tortured that she decides to sail to the Grey Havens, to the Undying Lands. If only the Longbottoms had had the same choice. I know. They so... This is not a Harry Potter podcast. This is not a Harry Potter podcast. Elrond became a member of the White Council, and he had the gift of foresight. He also had insane healing powers, thought to be magical because of his ancestry to the Maya Melian. Like how he's able to uh, heal Frodo's wound with the Morgul knife. Those yeah. are supposed to not be able to be healed at all, but he is able to heal oh, okay. him. So he has some magical shit going on. Basically, Elrond was the reason that all the heirs of Isildur were able to survive because they were able to be kept safe in Rivendell. And so because of that reason, he's super important. I would like to tell more about him, but that's as far as we are in the book. So we will have to do another recap of him in like another couple like the other shit that he does yeah because this is just like leading up to it and there's so much more well we don't want to spoil anything no spoilers allowed spoiling (gasps) is that mary steenenberg i didn't know she was in that movie that was a uh, preview to Back to the Future 3 that popped up on, on Netflix. On our Netflix thing. Is Mary Steenenberg in that movie? I have no idea who I you're love talking her. about. Apparently she played Doc, plays Doc Brown's girlfriend. So. <gasps> oh my God. I love her. You know what? She is like so slamming. What's she from? What's Eating Gilbert Grape. And she's also the stepmom in Elf. Oh, I and love her. I know. I adore she's her. She's so kind. She's amazing. She's. But do you remember her in What's Eating Gilbert Grape? She's like the mom that like Johnny Depp is like fucking oh, with. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That is not the she's best She's like really her. hot in that movie, though. Yeah, she is. Okay. Maddie, your turn. Well, here's the thing. A lot of the information that 
Molly just presented is going to be repeated here. But repetition is what helps us learn, right? Yeah, and now we're just going to be experts on Elrond and Rivendell. Yes, sort of. Okay. (laughs) If we can be experts on anything Tolkien-related, which I don't know if that's within our grasp. Let's not aim too high. Right now. (laughs) Shoot for the stars and you'll end up on the moon. That was really motivational. Thank you. I saw it on a poster in English class. Okay. Frodo was now safe in the last homely house east of the sea. That house was, as Bilbo had long ago reported, a perfect house. Whether you liked food or sleep or storytelling or singing or just sitting and thinking best or a pleasant mixture of them all. Merely to be there was a cure for weariness, fear, and sadness. That is from page 225, and that is our first, like, sort of description of Rivendell, which is the topic that I will be covering right now. Let's take it back now, y'all, to exactly what Molly just talked about a couple minutes ago. Slide to the left. Slide to the fall of Eregion. Cha-cha, real smooth. (laughs) Everybody clap your hands, but don't (laughs) because it's sad. In Second Age 1697, the fall of Eregion occurs. So quick recap. Everybody's favorite mean girl, Sauron, disguises himself as Anatar, the Lord of Gifts. In this little cute little outfit he aided Celebrimbor and the other elf smiths of Eregion in crafting the nine rings of men and the seven dwarf rings once Sauron revealed his true purpose Celebrimbor and his people who are the Noldor elves who I talked about last episode those are the people who um, inhabited Gondolin they basically try and bitch slap the rings of power out of his hands and the only rings they manage to save are the three elven rings which were made secret by Celebrimbor which is exactly what you just talked about so Vilya, Narya, and Nenya which is of course the ring that Galadriel has what do you mean of course nobody knows that I feel like we talked about it before okay (laughs) Nenya where's the other ring fuck if I know okay Back to Second Age 1697, the War of the Elves and Sauron rages, and the Noldor realm of Regeon is destroyed. At this point, the survivors have a couple choices where to go. So, number one is Linden, where the Grey Havens are. That's where the Grey Havens are? Yeah. I never knew that. Well, there you, I think we maybe did have talked about that before, but I forget a lot about what we talk about. Just yeah. about ten minutes south of here. Oh, my God. The Grey Havens are in Columbus, Ohio, everybody. Two is La Florian, which is obviously beautiful, but, like, I mean, it's a little creepy. Let's be honest. And the third option is to follow Elrond and help him build the most chill elven city that has ever existed. And that's what quite a few of them do. So let's wrap a little bit about Rivendell. That's what I would do, too. Oh, me too. Elrond is like, you guys want to like go do our own thing? And they were like, yeah, like, yeah, <laughs> let's do it. So they go with Elrond and um, and they start building Rivendell. In Sindarin, it is called Imladris, which means deep valley of the cleft. You could also apply this name to Viggo Mortensen's chin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
The name is also a big clue as to Rivendell's defenses. Not only is the city protected by elven magic, it is well hidden in the foothills of the Misty Mountains, and of course, by the it's protected by the Fort of Bruinen, which we now know from Molly's topic uh, about Elrond. It's it's got an enchantment on it that's put there by Elrond himself. That if anybody tries to set foot in that river, they basically get run over by a bunch of um, water horses. Actually, to be fair, don't even bitch. Gandalf put the water horses. The water was just going to rise up and drown them. Okay. okay. Elrond does the water. Gandalf does the horses. Whatever. (laughs) Still badass nonetheless. After Elrond and the Noldor elves established Rivendell, Sauron briefly lays siege to the city, actually. But he's eventually beaten back. And after that, many more refugees from Eregion came to Rivendell under the protection of Lord Elrond. In the Third Age, when Angmar decided to be a bunch of hoes and conquer Arthodyne, Elrond was like, hey, Glorfindel, like, go teach those bitches a lesson and give them a kiss for me. And Glorfindel is like, cool, cool. Yeah, I'll do that. It's going to be great. He's like, I'm also going to make a prophecy while I'm at it, but that'll just be like a little extra spice. And Elrond's like, sounds great. They're going to love it. <laughs> of course, we know what happens at that point. Now, tell us the prophecy again. That's so exciting. He says that when the Witch King of Angmar is fleeing, that he's like, don't follow him. Don't pursue him. He cannot be killed by mortal He will man. not die by the hand of any mortal man, I think is what he says. Something along those lines. And once again, as we established last episode, that is 100% true. Because he dies from a woman. And a hobbit. Thanks, Glorfindel. This is not an episode about Glorfindel. <laughs> this is Rivendell. After the fall of Angmar, the heirs of Isildur were fostered in Rivendell, which you talked about, too. So that's, that's the point when they start coming there. And Elrond's like, I'll be your dad. It's fine. So Rivendell starts gaining a reputation of being pretty much cool as fuck. Dubbed the last homely house east of the sea, it is said that Rivendell has the comfiest beds, hella snacks, and a community of the hottest elves who are always down to form jam bands and tell stories. They're sitting there. They're just like, you know what I think the greatest album ever written is? Dark Side of the Moon by Pink Floyd. And they're like, you want to play for five and a half hours one song? And everybody's like, yeah, let's do it. Wait, really quickly. Mm-hmm. That sounds terrible also. Oh, I hate jam bands. I'm really sorry if anybody plays in a jam band. I can't. <laughs> I can't stand it. Okay, I saw this thing on social media, and it had four different places, and it was like, if you could hang out in one place, where would it be? And it was Rivendell, Hobbiton, Loch Lorien, or Barador. Why would it? Why is that even on that list? I don't know. For the creepy people like our friend Cece, who likes all the the dark, the creepy shit, the emo shit, right? Um. Anyways, what would would you do? Of course, pick Rivendell. Really? Yes. No. I might go to Hobbiton for the pipeweed. I was gonna say Hobbiton. What is with you and pipeweed, Jesse? I just feel really left out that I can't enjoy it (laughs) because I'm not in Middle Earth. Hobbiton definitely they just like party and drink and garden and like hang out and have very simple lives there no I like prettier stuff I don't know I feel like I feel like Rivendell would be like totally beautiful but like for the most part people would be like walking around and being like what is the meaning of life and And you have to deal with all those jam bands and the jam bands would just be too much those comfy beds I love naps so much like never under uh, never underestimate 
never underestimate the power of a comfy bed. That's right. Uh, sh- shall I get back to my... Uh, yes, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Thing? Oh, you're fine. Rivendell is host to many grand halls, but none are so grand as the Hall of Fire, which is very aptly named for the big old fireplace that has a fire that burns year-round. And there's a ton of feast tables. Yeah, you talked about that just a second ago. So there's like a bunch of feasting tables and like big carved pillars. And it's just like, it's really cool in there. And the Hall of Fire is used for singing and storytelling on quote unquote high days. Hmm. I'm assuming (laughs) one should never assume, but... I think they mean like holidays, but it could also very much easily be days where Elrond's like, you guys, party day, <laughs> time to get stoned AF. Every April like, 20th. Hell yes. And they all sit around in their jam bands, <laughs> which, which have never been more interesting to them. So snacking on all those yummy snacks. Snacking on all those snacks. <laughs> But otherwise, the Hall of Fire lies empty, except to be used as a place for thinking and pondering. Once again, I'm pretty sure I would go absolutely insane if I had to be in Rivendell forever. Although Rivendell was protected from attack, Elrond states that it is a place of peace and learning and not a stronghold for battle. He's like, we don't love to fight here. Like, we're here, you know, to be chill. And everybody's like, cool, cool. I love you that. know, Elrond's kind of a badass for being so chill, though. You're painting him as like this, like real, like meek guy. He I don't fought think in I'm so painting him many... as meek at all. All right, I'm just saying. Listen, I'm one for Elrond. He's I don't amazing. Think, I don't think enjoying peace and knowledge is meek or weak in any way. Okay, <laughs> bitch. Go ahead, finish my. <laughs> Following Elrond's journey to the Undying Lands after the War of the Ring, his sons. Aladdin. Aladdin. <laughs> El- Aladdin. One jump ahead of the bread line. Bun leaf has sword. <laughs> I steal only, only what I can't afford. And, and that's, that's everything. everything. <laughs> we did it. We sung this episode. God damn it. It's really we weird. We, we wouldn't. We don't normally sing in we these never, episodes. We never do it. Uh, and then the other son, who's Elro here, not quite as exciting. But Molly cannot pronounce it, so kind of <laughs> exciting for me. They remain in Rivendell with Grandpappy Celeborn, who is, of course, Galadriel's husband. But he does eventually sail west himself. And at that point, it's unknown when Rivendell was eventually abandoned. Or if it ever was. Is that the X-Files song? Yeah. <laughs> it goes pretty good. Are you trying to say that it's haunted? Uh, maybe there's alien activity there. I don't know. What is the, uh, the X-Files is not about hauntings. I, I have never seen the X-Files. It's about all kinds uh, of paranormal uh, phenomena. I'm sorry, what? I don't like scary stuff. Yeah, you might not like that show. There's this really, really horrifying episode that actually still gives me nightmares. No, and- don't tell me then. I don't want to know. Well, I'd like I- to... I'm going to take off my headphones and plug my ears. Okay, sounds good. So there's like this episode, I'll just tell it to Jesse, where there's like this fluke man and he like, you know, like a flatworm, a fluke, Uh but he like 
originally starts as a fluke and then he grows into this like giant man and he's got this horrible like bloody hole for a mouth that he comes out of people's toilets and eats their buttholes <laughs> i'm pretty sure that's what happens i don't know if that's like official in the episode but that's what i always imagine happening but he is the most terrifying fucking creature if you are listening to this late at night whatever you do do not look up a picture of the fluke man from the x-files because it is really fucking scary and that's it molly you can we, we yeah we're done i hate scary things just talking about like people eating buttholes at that point Really? Yeah, you missed out on it. Okay, that doesn't sound scary, but it does sound really gross. Yeah. I am not into that. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Should we do our favorite quotations? Quotation section. Whoop whoop. We got an email. The, the best the email. The best email. The best email ever. Our friend Brian, who we've been in email contact with, sent us the most lovely email ever. I teared up when I read it. it I did too. So happy. I did too. I think Jesse did too. It was filled with pictures from Brian's birthday party where they celebrated Hobbit style and they had amazing decorations and amazing food and he even had a costume and it was just so fantastic. I mean, it seriously looked like the best birthday ever and Brian, it just seems like, I mean, such a true fan and like, it, it just made me so excited that like somebody who loves these books and I think he was saying he was reading it like on his 60th time reading through the series or something like that like it if somebody who loves these books so much is willing to (laughs) to roll around in the mud with us in this podcast like it made me so happy it just it I think it made us both feel like everything that we do is like really worthwhile and it just really, it filled us with such joy. So. Yeah, I'm really honored to have him as a fan. And he even gave us permission to share some of his pictures from his birthday party. So we're going to include them in our blog post and on our Facebook page. Yes. So thank you so much, Brian, for emailing us. Thank and you, we Brian. Are, we love you. We are so mm-hmm. glad that you are part of the sisterhood with us. And Brian told us his favorite part of this chapter, many meetings. So I'm going to read an excerpt. He told us that he loves the part where Gandalf is uh, recapping what Frodo has missed while he's asleep. So here's a passage on page 223. I haven't any courage to keep up, said Frodo, but I'm not worried at the moment. Just give me news of my friends and tell me the end of the affair at the Ford, as I keep on asking, and I shall be content for the present. After that, I shall have another sleep, I think, but I shan't be able to close my eyes until you have finished the story for me. Gandalf moved his chair to the bedside and took a good look at Frodo. The color had come back to his face, and his eyes were clear and fully awake and aware. He was smiling, and there seemed to be little wrong with him. But to the wizard's eye, there was a faint change, just a hint as it were of transparency about him, and especially about the left hand that lay outside upon the coverlet. Oh, that was a good one. That's it's so hard. That section, there's so many good parts in that section. So I'm glad you were able to. I hope I did so, you right, Brian. <laughs> yes, we we very much hope that that was satisfying, um, Brian. I really love that that section though. Thank where, you. Where Gandalf is noticing, even though Frodo looks okay, he looks healthy. He's like, there is a change here. Yeah, it's amazing. 
we didn't have any other send-ins this week for quotes quotations we're so sorry luke our brother luke was the one who initially corrected us on um we used to say favorite quotes favorite quotes and now we've been trying really really hard to say quotations but it's a that is a fucking hard habit to break sure is maddie what is your favorite quotation from this passage so mine is from page 229 and it's actually when they're all at the the little party little gathering that Elrond has hosted and Frodo is actually speaking to Gloin who is Gimli's father and Gloin is talking to him about how he's here to to talk to Elrond about Balin and the dwarves in Moria but he begins uh, talking to Frodo about something else entirely. Gloin began then to talk of the works of his people, telling Frodo about their great labors in Dale and under the mountain. We have done well, he said, but in metal work we cannot rival our fathers, many of whose secrets are lost. We make good armor and keen swords, but we cannot again make mail or blade to match those were made before the dragon came. Only in mining and building have we surpassed the old days. You should see the waterways of Dale, Frodo, and the fountains and the pools. You should see the stone-paved roads of many colors, and the halls and cavernous streets under the earth with arches carved like trees, and the terraces and towers upon the mountain sides. Then you would see that we have not been idle. I want to go see. I know. That sounds amazing. I was reading that, and I was like, fuck yeah, that sounds really cool. I love, um, as much as I love the elvish architecture that they show in the films, I think I have to say what they show that the dwarves have made is beautiful my favorite it's so amazing it's almost like art deco me and maddie have also decided that our next tattoo is going to be the gates of moria yes we're so excited that reminded me when you said that he was talking about the pillars that were carved like trees yes reminded me of the gates of moria i know i can't wait to get that tattoo it's gonna be badass woohoo Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Sisterhood of the Rings. Join us next week for another always unexpected journey into all things Tolkien. You can find us wherever you listen to your podcasts. And please visit our website, thesisterhoodoftherings.com and like our Facebook page, The Sisterhood of the Rings Podcast. If you like what we do, please subscribe and review us. If you hate what we do, please leave us alone and turn your rage into a productive activity like protesting police brutality. See you next time, you gorgeous nerds. nerds.